I've been thinking recently about choices. It's been said that the door of history turns on small hinges, and so do people's lives. The choices we make determine our destiny. forget how menacing we are. We are lions. What is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. When we face such temptations in our time, we must declare as young Nephi did in his, I will give place no more for the enemy of my soul. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder. Very best. You're very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. I that gun. Let that go. We're in hell right now. And you can stay here, get them kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back. And then we have to feel like all day like all night like I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, open it. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. What do, what do we have here? What is this? Well, it is the Eternal Warrior podcast mm-hmm. from my last, the last thing I, yep, that's what I thought. This is the Eternal Warrior podcast. Correct, Spence. Thank this you. is what it is. Helping young people in their quest <laughs> for self-mastery, sharing stories from the battlefront and the war against Satan and pornography. Absolutamente. That's what this is. And before we start off, we have to apologize. <laughs> yes, we have the most sincere of the apologies. That kind of sounded sarcastic. Mine did? Mine. No, I think did mine did. Did it sound did. sincere? I didn't. So here's the thing. Because it really is sincere. It is sincere. We're sorry we didn't do it. But also we have, like, we're doing life, too. Like, hardcore life. You just got married. Yeah. Which, man, gosh, that gives me hope. If I, if I can get, I'm telling you, any of you out there that are unmarried at this point, mm. it can be done. Because <laughs> seriously, guys, miracles. I'm a witness, real live woman, yes. beautiful, beautiful, yes. awesome gal. Yes. Wes was and present. And she, she digs you. I know. That's, that's the craziest that's, part. It is. That's but the it's part. great. I love it. <laughs> No, cool. we just, uh, yeah, the marriage, and then Wes has got a lot going on. He just got yeah. a new new promotion recently, which yeah, of course in, he did. Of course he did. Was uh, in, are we surprised? I was in London for work. I was in jolly old England. Yeah, he was in England. The motherland, England. The motherland. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> was, was it great? With, with the Brits, yeah. <laughs> it was great. So, yeah, we've just been a little busy biz. Uh, but we're back. But we're back. We're back, and this is our last episode of the season. Last episode of the season. <laughs> so we tease you with a missed week, and then we close the door on the season. That's how we do here Surprise. at the Eternal. <laughs> That's how Ta-da. we do. That's how we do at the Eternal World Warrior Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I couldn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> but like the the close of this, we we've done a lot of. We're, we're grateful that we've been able to deliver um, some pretty unique and exciting content. I mean, hearing from Eliza 
and a woman warrior's perspective was so amazing. So cool. Being able to work with, with Elder Will and, and have him talk about his fight as a missionary was a very unique perspective. And Dude. I've had some really good feedback from, from both of those. And then last week, or two, two weeks two ago, weeks ago <laughs> with having bishops. Bishop Pingree and Bishop Grant share their story about, hey, you know what? Like, it's not that scary talking to your bishop. No. You know? No. And it's, and one thing that I loved as I was uh, listening back to that episode this week is... Bishop Grant's a funny dude. Dude, he I is I didn't realize so, how funny he is. I know. Gosh. And I didn't think that accountants could be funny. Whoa. I'm just throwing him out. I'm not out. saying That's, anything. <laughs> I'm not hey, saying hey, anything. Bishop, Bishop Grant, I didn't mean it. Um, no, but just like the thing that, I, that stood out to me the most is that it's not the bishop. Right, it's yep. not it's not them that's gonna change you or snap their snap their fingers. It is who? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. <laughs> it's el Señor. <laughs> but seriously, though, right? Like, and they are just a they stand in His place to help in that path, right? Yeah. To bring Him and invite people to Him. I remember experiences from my mission and also just in talking with other people when they talk about confession and they're like, well, why can't I just pray to the Lord and ask for forgiveness? And the, the thing is you can, and absolutely you have to, but the Lord gives us his servants here on the earth to help us be humble. What's harder to do? Do you think? Oh man. To go like tell a peer, not, not necessarily like a peer, but like tell a trusted church leader, a, a mortal about what you're going through as well as the Lord or, yes, or I don't want to say just the Lord, but like, it's, it's hard to, to be mortal with mortals. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it almost, it's a, an ownership thing. If you have to go yep. talk to somebody. Yeah. This is, should we introduce really yeah, quick before I know, we I know we usually thoughts. have very special guests on. Oh, yeah. Gosh. We have pretty average guests this week. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's just. <laughs> Let's just get it out there. No, we've got some great friends back with we, us. We want to set the expectation real low yeah. for this episode. No, yeah. no, no. These guys are the men. And you guys, you guys have heard their voices before and that's felt why we, their, their strength. That's why we're bringing them back. But they're back. The strength. The strength. <laughs> so we, got, we got Trey and Clayton back with Welcome us today. Welcome back, so. baby. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Pounders all around. Yeah. Dude, I just got a text from a really cute girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> so while, while Clayton answers this text from a really cute girl, here's a message from Cody Haas. If you're listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast, it's likely you're listening for you or someone you love. My name is Cody Hawes, and I'm a licensed therapist who helps those dealing with sexual addiction, betrayal trauma, trauma in general, marital recovery, and mental illness. Over the years, I've gathered resources to help those who desperately want to get on the right track. If you feel you are in need, please reach out to me by calling 385-519-6089. Again, 385-519-6089 to set up an initial assessment. God bless you on your journey, my friend, and keep listening to Wes and Spenny. And remember, there's no starting or stopping in recovery. Just keep going and doing. Did you have a thought on the that one point? Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, like, um, anytime that we commit a serious sin, like like what we do, right? Like, if you're listening to the podcast, you or someone you know is... I feel like you're, I'm talking you're like Cody's <laughs> message. Dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, good yes. Cody. It's working. It's working. Well, because I mean, like, you, you're injured, right? Like, it, you're you're not just going to the bishop to confess. Like, it, it's it's for healing, right? Like, you're basically going to the bishop to say, look, dude, I got another wound, and we need to, like, wrap, like, we need to wrap this up, and I need some help. Ooh. That's a lot more different than just saying, like, well, I got to get this pack of rocks off my back. Like, it's right. more like a soothing, at least from my experience, it's more of a soothing, let's, you know, bind you up, you know. Um, Build you back up, right. get you back on your feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Take keep, you to the end, you know. Keep fighting. Yeah. And, and a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is not just the redeeming power of the atonement, the um, but the enabling power of the atonement. Elder Bednar gave a really powerful talk at BYU um, several years Nephi, ago. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Where he talks about um, <laughs> Mosiah three nineteen says, um, "Natural man is an enemy to God and has been 
since the the, the time of Adam and, and will be forever and ever, <laughs> unless he, he putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint. And Elder Bednar talks about those two different things of how like the gospel takes bad men and makes them good and takes good men and makes them better. And that first component of putting off the natural man is going from bad to good of redemption. Re- redemption. But becoming a saint, good to better, is enabling. Oof. And I don't think we focus enough on that second component of the atonement. Of and um, what he we're can talk make about that today. out of us. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think let's have a. Uh, are you getting a text from a cute girl oh, no, as well? I was going to look at that scripture. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, I'd so many texts from cute girls. I, I can promise that the quote was close. <laughs> I can yeah. also promise that it wasn't spot on. It was loose. We're, we're, three, we're, nine, we're going for. Three nineteen. C's get degrees, right? Like, if I'm seventy percent right on that, good enough for the girls I date. Yes, sir. There we go. Yeah. So, Trey, you uh, tell us a little bit about what you. I mean, your thoughts on kind of other elements of the battle, not just versus porn and masturbation. Okay. So, through the atonement of Jesus Christ, you know, we can become forgiven, clean, and clean from our sins and whatnot, you know, everything you learn in church. Um, but once we overcome the, once we climb that mountain and we get to the top of the mountain that is pornography and masturbation, obviously there are more mountains to climb off in the distance, right? So one thing that I've noticed through um, going to Sons of Helaman and, and Invictus and everything is that the fight with pornography and masturbation can can stop if you stay on top of it and do what you need to do, right? With manpower and that sort of stuff. But the fight with Satan necessarily obviously keeps going because, you know, we're going to be fighting him till, for the rest of our lives until we die. Um, and once we overcome the battle of pornography and masturbation, then Satan then therefore changes the battleground to like say in say in the words of Satan okay so for example Spencer has overcome pornography and masturbation now let's find another weakness that or an area that he's not strong in and let's attack that and so in that sense the battle is continually ongoing with Satan correct but the battle with pornography and masturbation can come to a stop and we as we overcome that yeah, I remember asking Cody, like, can I ever really just be done with pornography? Or at least, like, n- like, not have to put, like, all your heart and soul into focusing on it every single day. Right, battle, or right? not even, yeah, and that for sure, but also, like, will I ever have my last time? Like, will, like I've yeah. said that so many times to myself. Oh, that was, that's the last time. I won't ever do it again. Can that ever be the last time? And he said, absolutely if as long as we don't forget. So I think the the thing that Satan does is he his he, if he can make us forget. Yeah. Cuz he's going to keep coming. One thing that I thought of Clayton. Oh is that boy. talk that you sent to me. The Elder Bednar talks about this exact same thing in just this most recent conference. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. The cheetahs, cheetahs, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Do they ever stop? No. Will cheetahs ever not be predators? No. No. Will Satan ever stop? Like, yeah, we'll run away. Like, we'll find some high ground. We'll be good for a little while. Like, he's still he's coming. Still, he's going to keep coming. And, you know, one actually, one thing I actually noticed, not only Elder Bednar, but Elder um, Peter, what's his face? He's of the 70s. Peter Johnson. Peter Johnson. Yeah. He also had a really good talk on how the three Ds that Satan uses. And just this whole conference, like, was filled with how to, how to combat Satan and fight him. It was really, that, that was one thing I noticed that was really powerful that the Lord obviously through his leaders have won, want us as saints and as the body of the church to know on how just the whole but I, I just feel like the whole conference was this is how you fight Satan and this is how you win that was a huge theme that I picked out as well yeah I think to what I like what Spence said about like will I ever have a last time and I think the key to that is making sure that every victory feels like the first time. Oh, yeah, you know what man. I mean? Like I've never like 
if we keep thinking like, well, is this going to be my last time? If we're so fixated on that, we're future tripping, right? Mm. We're future tripping on like, well, am I ever going to, can I look back in five years and, and say that like, yeah, that was my last loss or ever or whatever. Dude, focus on five hours or five minutes from now. That Today. Yeah, like exactly. That's where Today. the winning comes from. Yep. Yep. It's not, it, it goes back to the whole day one thing. It's not, Yep. Yeah. I'm on day 600 or whatever. Yeah, like obviously we accumulate that and we, we flex those muscles and develop that strength that we need in order to, to continue to be to be well fortified. But I'm of the opinion, and, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but like, I don't know if I'll ever be at the mountain of, okay, like, okay, I've accomplished or I've overcome pornography and masturbation. I don't know if my mortality is like that. But to what Spence said, I think that I can have a last time as long as I'm not focused on that and I'm focused right. on this mm. is my first time every yeah. time. It's, mm. al- like it's, always, it's always in the, if Satan can get us to future trip, then that is that just starts leading down that spiral or, or maybe like hyper focus on the future instead mm-hmm. of like what's ahead yeah. right because like mm-hmm. if you hyper focus in the future what happens mm-hmm. what happens trey you get anxious exactly Ooh. and we, we can go right into this yes. well, yeah, well, we, we talk about that too in reasons for fighting right oh uh, if our reasons are fighting are are kind of big existential reasons which aren't bad yeah but are like yeah I fight for eternal life or for a forever family or all these things like yeah that's that's like that's a big deal that's good that's really good but i tell you what is going to stop me in my tracks in a battle is why do i fight because i have word temple night it two nights from now right or i have a date tomorrow night that i need to be worthy for or i'm going to pass the sacrament this week hmm. or i have a big presentation at work that i need the spirits help with or whatever it is that i'm doing the more immediate that we can make it the more powerful and relevant i think that that can have to sway our our actions in the moment Ooh, yeah. i love that but yeah so go what, ahead, what is anxiety's role in this battle i mean we we haven't really touched on mental health in the podcast well i mean like we did during like, elements right elements of it but, but I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts now as kind of to what you were saying trey is as you've been climbing this mountain of pornography masturbation that satan's been hitting you in other aspects mm-hmm. so yeah so like one thing that i mean i didn't know i had anxiety up until like a probably a month ago month and a half ago when i was talking to my good friend and brother lane that wise man father lane, lane, father lane talking to father lane but uh <laughs> um so like um so like as i go throughout i've noticed ever since he pointed it out to me like as I go throughout each day, like school or work or whatever it is I'm doing, there's always, and sometimes it's hard to pinpoint, but there's always something that triggers my anxiety. Like, uh, for example, it could be an upcoming test or, you know, an assignment for school or something like that. So that is like, recently that's what has been triggering that. Um, so like, a lot of times I feel like in this battle we don't attack the stress. Well, as much as we could, you know. A lot of times we are attacking the... Um, like we're like, kill porn. Yeah. Like, like let's destroy it. Like like we focus too yeah. much on yeah. like what we're using to relieve. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. like, so like for example, like stress versus the stressor, we, you know, turn to pornography or masturbation to relieve that stress. When we're not attacking, when we're not saying to ourselves, okay, what, throughout the day, what caused that stress? Hmm. And how am I going to relieve it without, what is a different way I can relieve it without having to turn to pornography or masturbation to, hmm. to relieve that? So one more time then, maybe Clayton, stress and stressor. So Just, what stressor would you- relieves the pressure. So that would be, you could do that with, running a flagpole, like doing reasons for fighting those things. Like that's the flight or the fight mechanism. Right. And that's what resets our brain chemistry. It satisfies that, you know, animal instinct where it's like, okay, I have to be in frontal lobe now because you know, I've been satisfied. Right. Right. And so that natural man aspect has to be satisfied before you can ever return to a spiritual normal or you end up losing a battle. 
Hmm. So, so are there are healthy and unhealthy stressors. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I just That's, wanted to make sure I was tracking right. Sometimes we focus so much then on beat pornography, beat masturbation mm-hmm. that we fail Forget to miss. what precedes it. Right? Yeah. What is the source of that? Is am I always anxious because of school, of work? What are the the precursors yeah. to do, that? It, it goes back to the whole conversation that we've had around <clears throat> being proactive versus being reactive. And this is an interesting one because stress is a part of life. We're regardless of of who you are and, and what you're going through, nobody is immune from the storms of life. And stress can be a good thing. It helps us be on our game. Think about you guys have both played sports, right? Mm-hmm. I played video games. Spence has played sports. <laughs> and so like when like there's that element of I guess performance anxiety that actually helps us hyper focus right. and be really good at what we're doing in the moment. That whole clutch gene thing, right? And so stress can actually be really helpful in situations like that. But when it kind of tips the scale to where you no longer have the use of your normal faculties to make rational decisions, to live according to our values, that's when we get into trouble. And it all starts with that brain chemistry. And that's what we that's what you guys are going to talk about a little bit of how does when anxiety and some of us are genetically predisposed to have a little bit more of that chemical dump in our body. I certainly am. Um, I know you guys have uh, as well, like we live in a day and age that we're so fortunate to have things like medicines to give us a level playing field. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where I was, <clears throat> I think before my one step in the journey, which was to get medical help. I think I thought that that was like, I had this perception of, <clears throat> I'm so broken. Yeah. Like I don't, at least I don't need medication. There's a stigma, right? Right. Yeah. I think around medication and, oh, I don't have anxiety or depression. Like I just, that's not a real thing. But yeah, you, you know, you decided to go to Chick-fil-A instead of the gym, like when that was your biggest goal. Exactly. (laughs) Or you like, or like you avoided people. Right. Because you just weren't in that right and quote unquote right Right. state of mind. So I'm going to avoid talking to people because... I'm not in my best mind. Sorry. It's my people's music. <laughs> Apologize. It takes me you back good. to my motherland. Sorry. Africa. <laughs> Trey. No, but uh, but yeah, so like if if we're honest with ourselves, because what Weston said is extremely true, life is stressful. We will have to one extent or another anxiety and depression, right? Like mm-hmm. no one is going to escape the feelings of deep sorrow and sadness in life. So if you were to say, I'm not, you don't have a clinical depression, but. So what's the difference? Yeah. Right? Like what? Cause I mean, me and you've had experiences like that, but like for That's you, a really good question. Like where, where's the line of like, Oh, I'm quote unquote normal. And then, you know, quote unquote, a clinical mess. Right. Right? Oh dude. I don't know if I have a good answer. That's a for really that. good. That's a really good question. That is a good question. What do you, what do you guys that. think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I'm wondering if it's, <clears throat> if I would it's, say it's yeah. irrationality. I think it's once. Okay. What, what, yeah, yeah, what do you, what do you mean when you say irrational? So irrationality, like there are purposeful reasons why people can become, you know, quote unquote depressed or anxious, right? Like you have a test. And like that test could mean a whole lot to you, right? Especially if it's a good chunk of your grade. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And, and like, I don't want to take it. I don't want to fail it. And then you fail it and then you're sad and right. depressed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you wake up and you're randomly, I'm the worst person in the world. I have no evidence as to why I'm the worst person in the world, but my brain keeps seeking to find reasons to do that. And, and I, then we keep acting going, out in a way. Yeah. And going along with that too, I think. Especially if, for example, I'll just go off the example of a test. Say you don't get a good score, and even though you studied really hard, but you didn't get the score that you wanted to get, then your brain starts, you know, spiraling. Spiraling, and you have all these thoughts, and probably the majority of thoughts probably come from Satan using your own voice. He's like, "Oh, you're you're stupid because you you studied a lot, but look where that you got like a C on that test or a C minus or D, whatever. You're dumb." Ooh, so the irrationality. Right. Of like taking it eighteen steps too far, right? Like because but we I believe it. Oh my gosh! Okay, so because I I didn't wake up when I wanted to, that means I'm a lazy 
person. Lazy, wicked. Wicked. And it was one time. And it was one time. And it was one time. But you are the worst person because of that one time. Yes. Like it feeds the addiction too, right? Because then it justifies like, no wonder you look at porn and, and masturbate because... You can't. You have no control on any other part of your life, right? And you I, are trash. You are garbage. So why not just live up to it, right? And I think that's when you go into spirals. Yeah, so I would also say a way to identify if it's starting to become um, to the point a habit of needing medical help would be is if you, if you spiral a lot mm-hmm. and you find yourself, well, I suck. So I'm going to go try to find some quick release. I'm gonna go either masturbate or go and say porn. It's like I have the oh that just then yeah. validates all of those thoughts and feelings. Or you plan on losing. Ooh, premeditative losing. Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. So that's like all of these, it, but the spiral of of I am the worst action. That validates the fact that I am the worst. So now I feel even worse. Oh, well, I'll go do another action to validate that even further. And you can see how that spirals out of control. Satan comes in, he's like, dude, I got the perfect thing for you. You can do pornography in real life. And yeah. Oh, man. So you can see how Satan can come in and and attack, especially when we're vulnerable. It's on a level playing field, Mm -hmm. right? At that point, You've got a broken leg and you're trying to fight the same, you know. There's there's also a myth out there, too, that we need to address of pills and medication fix me and make me better. Mm. There's a lot of work involved with that. Mm. So, Trey, can you you speak to that a little bit and how... Yeah, I mean, it's like, so... I I don't want to say it doesn't help, but I'm not saying, like, here's a magical pill that fixes your depression. Like you're going to be cured. No, but um, I was actually going along with what you were saying, Wes, is like, I think, oh, probably a lot of people in this world think that like when it comes to medication and that sort of stuff, they're like, oh, uh, something's wrong with me because I'm taking medication when Spencer isn't like, what's wrong with me? Like, for example, on my mission, I was, uh, um, uh, so I served in California and I was Spanish speaking, right? So I went to Mexico for six weeks named in the El Sisame. <laughs> El Sisame. And at that time, I, like, I knew, I, like, I didn't know there, I had ADD at the time, but, like, um, it's, it was especially, it was even harder for me to focus because I was, like, learning Spanish and I didn't know what, you know, what my teacher was saying in, in class at the MTC. And so that even made it, made it even harder. And so uh, I went to see the doctor at the MTC and so they had me fill out that, you know, mental health form. And, I remember that guy. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, yeah, like overall, I feel like uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I've never had thoughts of like suicide or anything. Like I, f- I'm, you know, I'm, I feel okay overall. Like yeah, I'm a good go 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 happy guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, whatever that, however that saying goes. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna show, <laughs> go happy, happy go lucky, happy go lucky, but I like go happy guy. I like that. Of a go happy guy, <laughs> and uh, so the doctor diagnosed me with ADD, and so I ever since I got ever since my mission I've been taking ADD pills every day just to help me focus and stuff and, um, but like I was at first I was kind of like a little ashamed to be on medication I was like, okay this, oh you're that guy I was like I was like a oh you need medication yeah. Like, I was like, they're like... Oh, you're the hyper kid that sits in the back of class or something like that. that Yeah. Or like... (laughs) Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, but uh, so yeah. So I like thought that everything, like something was wrong with me because I needed medication for my ADD. But um, yeah. And so, but ever since I've been taking them, it's been going great. So... What's the main difference that you've noticed between non-medication tray and medication-aided tray? Hmm. Mm. Has it just been a magical thing, or does it just help you? I don't know. I don't want to lead the witness. Can I go like, on. like okay? So like when I'm when I there are, there have been times where I haven't taken my medicine just because I forget every now and then, and like it gets to a point where like I'll be sitting at home, and I'll just start pacing back and forth, and like I won't really like get those steps in. Talk to <laughs> well, like I'll talk to people, but I won't like. No, I, I'll like kind of have a conversation. It's like that. It's like that kind of conversation where it's like, like I don't know how to explain it, but 
you're not really in it. You you can't. You're not in the moment. You're yeah. kind of somewhere else. Your mind, like you're talking to someone, but your mind's like somewhere off of Neverland, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. yeah, I think we've all had conversations with people like that. Yeah. Like at a party or something, and you're staring someone right in the face, and their eyes are just looking behind you. They're, they're yeah. just like, they don't care who's in front of them. They care who else is there. Yeah. And it's yeah yeah. yeah. But like but like yeah. when I do take when I do take my medicine, it's like I'm like really like focused. Like I get my stuff done. And, like, I can actually, like, I'm not saying, like, I have a real conversation with somebody, but I actually, like, you know, like, talk to people. Yeah. Like, my mind's, like, there in the moment. I think, for me, personally, Wes, yeah. that question is medication what? gave me a healthy baseline to start off of. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fixed. Like, I wasn't, like... You're not fighting with a hand tied behind your back, And right? you can, like, you yeah. can testify to this. Do you remember, so me and Wes would carpool to work... Do you remember the type of rational thoughts I would have about my job performance? Oh my gosh, yes. And that was while I was taking medication. That's not like, the medication didn't like fix the irrationality, right? Or these thoughts that would go, but it would give me a healthier baseline to then fight off of. But do you remember? Yeah, I I remember that. Okay, so I know, I probably haven't bragged as much about you and your work performance as I should, Hmm. but Spencer is a very talented salesperson. He's a very good Influencer and just a really smart cat, and is really valuable for our company. Dude, I bet you could and sell me on anything. Dude, mm. Spence has. I've seen him sell snow to Eskimos. It's amazing. He did. Yeah, we we did it. Um, it was a big deal. It was a huge deal. No, but like I remember <laughs> when we we started at the same time, and and Spence would just beat himself up over, man, I'm I'm so bad at at these phone calls or, or being able to connect with people, and I'm. It was, and being able to see how Spence, because this was right after the sabbatical. Yep. You were just starting, you were like, okay, I, I got to do life. Yep. And now I've got this job. And I remember we were like six weeks in and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to last here. It was, it was weird. And now Spence is like, it Spence, was, Spence is crazy valuable to the company. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. But that's, that's the type of rationality that Clayton yeah. are talking about. That yeah. my brain was so, um, I had built those pathways and that was normal to me, that it was reality. Like that I was a, I was bad at talking to, I couldn't talk to people anymore. I was bad at connecting with people. Yeah. This like stuff that was but, just like, and it's all, it it's, all wasn't real. It's all real. preceded by Satan, right? Like Satan just tosses the thought and it rolls. And then and, it rolls. And be, because it's like a brain chemistry thing, which messes with our emotions, we think that it's like, an emotional or a spiritual problem when we're not even considering the biology and chemistry that's really at play. Yes. It's a very concrete, mm-hmm. mathematical, black and, and white and malleable thing. at Malle- the same exactly. time. Exactly. Like there's there's a very physical component that's going on here instead of something that's really I guess soft skills based or whatever. 100%. And to be able to see Spence I think the change that I saw in you, the, the aid that medication really gave you, yeah. was to, you said kind of that baseline. Yep. It helped you to, um, I guess, slow down. Yes. And have you gave you kind of clarity of thought to own your actions and be a little bit more intentional with what you were doing instead of always flying by the seat of your pants of like, yeah. okay, I've got to get this done. i got to get that done. It's like, okay, hold on. Here's the situation. I can yeah. slow down, pump the review brakes, the buddy. film, yep. pump the brakes, and make a decision based on my values. Yeah, and challenge yeah. those thoughts. Yes. It would allow me to challenge them and say, "Am I really a lazy We're, person?" I want to get back to that. Like, would you keep, keep challenge? Like, finish what you're saying, but I want. I want no, to say yeah, that. but I just I I don't think I was in a place mentally, actual like physically in my brain to challenge myself mm-hmm. on those thoughts or challenge Satan on those thoughts. I would just believe it. Okay, yeah. I obviously because I had a bad call, that means I'm a bad salesperson. No, which means bad you're a call. bad person person. Yeah. yeah. Which means you suck at your job and you should quit. Which is so that's how it would how fast it would roll. That probably know. should just go yeah. Should be just be done. That that's like the end of irrationality. <laughs> like that's and I, I love that you said challenge and the reason why is because I, I so I listened to this one quick TED talk, I'm not gonna go in too in deep to it, uh too too much in depth, but in deep, in deep, um, <laughs> strength, and that, yeah, deep. strength and deep. Um, <laughs> golly. Um, she just basically said like the difference between um, people who enjoy life and those who who take stress as a victim are those who don't challenge the stress in their life. Who is like, it, Brene Brown? 
it, I don't think it was, but at the same time, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, surprise, surprise me. You. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if she said something like that. Cause like, if we don't take stress head on, like, like the Buffalo episode with, um, Hiram and, and Carlisle, right? Like if you don't, you know, go at it full war and you can attest to this, like there'll be a point where your medication, you know, it, it still has ups and downs, Yep. but you are more equipped to be able to um, face it. Yeah, face it, right? Like, you're more equipped. Like, you have a gun in the fight. You don't have to just sit there and be like, man, my hands are cuffed. I don't have, you know, become this victim where it's just like things are happening to you. You are an object. Like, you're almost a tree just getting whacked with an axe. Dude. Um, and I, I feel like that's what's helped me with medication. Like, it just gives me a fighting chance. So, mm-hmm. Dude, that was beautifully said. Because I, I think for so long I just let those storms of life right validate these nasty thoughts in my brain of of myself instead of being able to challenge it and go right back into that that storm i I don't know if i've talked on the show much about my experience with with medication or anything like that but i think i've shared with you guys that i i have ocd and um it's a big part of my mission like i i was nuts on my mission like absolute bonkers dude we could and we could have a whole another you, episode you, you on probably, bonker missions you could probably guess that but um <laughs> so i i uh, had like a kind of a, a breakdown at the mtc um provo not mexico mm, yeah sorry sorry mexico mtc listeners but um <laughs> but uh so bad that i i ended up I, I had i was an early release missionary i came home from the mtc for about six months trying to figure out how to take care of me um, before I could, I was fortunate enough to return to full-time service, and I know a lot of guys don't get that that um, that chance, so I count myself lucky. But um, I took a very mild dosage of, of something to help just take the edge off that really helped to slow things down, because otherwise I was trying to make decisions at 100 miles an hour. My brain was, that was the hardest thing. Like, I, I couldn't really sleep very well. Um, I like my my brain just couldn't rest you know sometimes you can just kind of zone out and it's kind of nice i couldn't do that Mm. and it was really really hard and so um i uh my my doctor when i you know during what i call the intermission between the intermission between mission (laughs) 1.0 and mission mission 2.0 reloaded uh, (laughs) the intermission and um my doctor was really into cognitive behavioral therapy and taught me a lot of things about thought records. And he kind of said, hey, look, like work through these, like ask yourself these seven questions. Anytime you have an irrational thought or you want to do something that's against your values, walk through these steps. And I can't, that changed everything for me. That like the medicine made it possible for me to kind of get there. But that those exercises are what created new neural pathways in my brain that Ooh. forged canyons in my brain that helped me to really own my my uh, decisions. And it's like it's helped so much with uh, like addiction recovery too. Of just like hey, like walk through it. It's it's basically the same thing as like a lost battle analysis, but more like a preventative one and kind of a notice it, name it, flip it, find yeah. it. Yeah, because you because Wes it's all cognitive intrig- behavior, behavioral therapy. Yeah, because you I would think taught that to me when I was having those thoughts at work. Yeah, and I it was that. awesome because it, it helped me. It was a process to help me challenge those thoughts. What if this statement is true? Like the or yeah what, yeah yeah so like. You, uh, I'll walk through it real quick. Would so you? Because here, so here's, here's, yeah, yeah, hop in, hop in. Okay. Yeah. So let's say, um, uh, like with my example, I have cyclothymia. I was diagnosed with this after, you know, a failed attempt at trying to attack, attack like my depressive moments. Cause like two weeks later I would have these like, almost like kind of incredible highs. And then when I got on Zoloft, you remember that experience, oh, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. that pushed me into an almost bipolar um, realm where it was like I, I didn't eat Mania. enough sleep yeah like I was never manic thank heavens like I don't know how my lost battles could have been you know any worse at that but like it, just because you become like hypersexual yeah no it's a thing okay. it's a thing no, I, um, I believe it yeah and like scary stuff it, like the only way I can describe it imagine your first lost battle and that's how it fills every battle wow okay like oh. it's like it's really intense so um, and I would go back and forth between these. And I'm like, dude, I thought you said these mood swings would be gone by yeah. now. I told Lane this. And he's like, I'm going to start doing some more observations with you. Um, I had my own experience where 
Um, and this is where I want uh-huh. you know you to pick my yeah. brain on this. So let's say um, one week I'm having a great week. Every day I'm listening to the podcast, conference talks, everything that would validate my you know goal and aspiration of becoming a seminary and institute teacher. Right. And like, um, and and then out of nowhere, let's say like in the cycle because it's cyclothymia, it goes back from hypomania to dysthymia which is like a little brother to depression it's still irrational but it's not like i can't um it's function like de- at work yeah. Yeah. yeah like you you, you can still function the problem is is it's just really pretty difficult like it like you can still go but it's still like there's an anchor behind you and so in those moments the down moments are when i would turn into you know like oh man like i'm you know i've i've been fat my whole life and like maybe I had this like one moment where I became fitter, and so I can just start eating like junk again. Um, and then on top of it, like I would just be like, "Man, it's so tough. There's no, there's no hope in this. Like I'm just going to keep going down in this spiral. Like what is wrong?" Until like you know you'd have lost battles, and I'd be right back to square one, where it's like you got to be kidding me, right? And then you'd get into this up mode where you feel good again, but you're still like shameful for everything that happened in your down moments. And so you disconnect. So you're still having good moments, but it's almost like there's pain, like even thinking about, you know, doing good. And that that's the hard part because mm-hmm. you feel like doing good, but you don't, you, you've done so much during your bad turns that it's like, how do I recover from this? So it's almost like you're trying to balance the scales of what I've done good versus yeah, it's like, what it's I've done bad. Yeah, it's like trying to start a car in third gear, right? Oh, it's man. like, oh man, I like, just you know trying to back up out of a situation yeah. even like you throw it in reverse and it's like a huge grind right like uh-huh. oh man like okay let's pull out of this car accident i just rear-ended my yeah. life and like <laughs> you know you're trying to figure out what you need to fix and I, I don't know like just from that point of view let's say you know my irrationality like i'm i'm gonna be fat all the time you know like even if i look fit dude i still have a six-pack and I would eat 30 Twinkies because it would validate that I was fat. 30 Twinkies? Yeah, I ate That's three boxes awesome. in a That's day. That's so cool. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ate three boxes in a Hostess day. Hostess must be loving you. Yeah. yeah. No, Smith's had a lot of business that month. Not good business. Give him some coupons. But <laughs> to your point, though, Clayton, like, I feel maybe this, this might from my experience, put this into words, okay? Okay. Because so, I know that we experienced a lot of the same things. That's why I called you. Yes. When I was, you know, when stuff was going down. Yeah, because here's the thing. I think without medication, I knew that I needed to do those things, but just ha- could not. There was like Physically, no there was no way to actually do it. Medication then gives me the baseline, but I still need tools i need i still need like what wes was saying i need a process to kind of walk me through that but until i have that baseline it's really hard to even have any sort of desire Mm -hmm. to put those things into place yeah right Mm -hmm. i think does that make sense did i throw you off the tracks no 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 you're good you 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 said you wanted my feedback yeah let's say like for for i don't know like a quick cbt therapy Uh type type thing yeah so I'll, I'll walk you through what I what I use called a thought record okay. and it's a seven step thing and I just keep a little steno pad in my back pocket and anytime I feel really anxious about something or nervous about something or I can tell that I am thinking in a way that is abnormal it okay. is not according to my values it's then not I, Wes yeah not Wes then I, I kind of whip this thing out and it, it takes what like 10 to 20 minutes to really do yeah. and it's seven steps and you you answer these questions question number one is what is the setting what is the time of day where are you who are you around it's like a q5 yeah, like, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. number two what are the feelings that you're having how how intense <laughs> are those feelings like anxious depressed um mad confused mad angry um ashamed whatever and then i would always attach a percentage to it like 40%, uh, 20%, 60%, like whatever that is. Step three is what is the hot thought? And I'm doing air quotes as I say hot thought because you guys can't see me do it in listener land. Um, and basically, I would write out the lie that Satan is telling me. 
of like you're such a fatty McFat fat because you all you do is eat Twinkies and you're always gonna be fat. No one's ever gonna love you, whatever it is, right. and like don't hold back. And it's easy. Do not censor the the that thought, thought that, that Satan. Thought. It's really important in your thought record to be completely honest. Because how do you notice yeah. it in the future if it keeps going exactly. skimmed over, right? Yep. And exactly. it causes tons of pain, and that's why Satan does it in the first place, like adding stress. But like you gotta take out that stress. Yep. Gotta that's the get it out yeah, that's the you, You've got to excavate it out. Like right. it's you can't leave a part of it in there because then there's a part of it in there. Right. You know. Step four is what evidence is there that supports that claim? Like and the negative you, cookie jar. Yeah. So like you're you're totally you're feeding it at this point. You're like I did eat three boxes of Twinkies. Like I have been fat most of my life, and I do like to do fat things. <laughs> okay, so like if you stop at step four, it's really depressing. Yeah, it's like wow, this is this, true. This is true. But step five, six, and seven is really where the rubber hits the road. Okay. Step five is what evidence? What evidence is there that refutes that claim? The cookie jar. What is there that says that step three, that that hot thought, is in fact not true? And you say, you know what? I I hit the gym. Every, I go to the Iron Church every day. And I eat healthy. I love my body. I love to exercise. My my job, my business that I've created is I'm outside in nature. And I've I, walked 23 miles in a day. Yeah, like, right? You have an active lifestyle. It doesn't align with the lie that it is being told with me. Step six is my favorite step. Okay. It is what we call the balanced thought. And we say, you know what? I love to do some fat kid things. I love to eat Twinkies. I love to watch college football. I love to to be lazy sometimes, and I love to sleep late sometimes. But I also understand the responsibility of having a mortal tabernacle and taking care of it. And I do those things. I'm not perfect, but that is the exception rather than the norm. You okay. see how that's a balanced thought of like you're giving yourself permission to do to be mortal and to and make you can mistakes. Feel your chemistry like exactly uh-huh. out. Well, and it's funny you say that because step seven is a reiteration of step two. How do I feel now? Ooh. And what are the what's the percentage of that feeling? And then go do find I feel peace, more of it. Fifty percent. Do I feel calm and? Gained perspective, sixty percent, whatever, yeah. whatever it is that we say. And all of a sudden, you walk myself. through it, and oh you're my. like, it, "It's amazing how it changes the way you feel." And all of a sudden, you're like, "Okay, fifteen minutes ago, I was in crisis, panic, crazy, like about to lose a battle mode." Right. And then I walk through that, and you're just like, "I'm okay. I can do life. Let's move forward." And sometimes, at your worst, you have to do that like three, four, five times in a row. Yeah. And then you realize. Like, there were it days, takes time. Yeah. There were days that I had to do it multiple times. You fill up notepads really fast. Yeah. But here's here's the, I mean, we'd have to have Cody and or Lane come on to talk about the science behind right. it all. I don't, yeah, I don't know the science. But, I just know it works. <laughs> but I do know that, and we've talked about this before, but it's bringing you to a different part of your brain. Yep. It's forcing you to think in a different part oh, of your brain. Because when we're thinking in our midbrain, that's there's only fight or flight in there. Yep, right. There's no logic. Right. There's no love. There's no yeah. love. <laughs> so you've got to write. You've got to talk. You've got to tell somebody. You've got to externalize. Breed. Yeah. Yep. So you've got to get it get to your frontal lobe. I was gonna ask. Could okay. you tell us about the cookie jar? Because you've yeah. mentioned that a few times. So, I love the cookie jar. Preceding the cookie jar. This oh, is one please. of my fa- like one of my favorite things. So I uh, <clears throat> I remember one time I was out mowing, as I usually am. Most of you know me pretty well. You know that I show up to group grassy and sassy. So um, <laughs> anyway. The grass master. Yeah. <laughs> the grass master. The grass Oh, man, he loves playing with grass. That's not who I am. I'm a winner, and I cut grass for a living. So, yeah. Let's go. Anyway. Yeah, Fight just back. Whatever. Um, that's the sassy part. So, uh, but back to what I was saying. So I, I was listening to David Goggins' talk. Um, he just has a, a small excerpt from one of his talks, and it talks about, you know, what if I could? What if I could? And it precedes, you know, that, that thought of the cookie jar of, like, these are the things that I've done in the past. Like that, that helped me in my, in my quest. But like at that time, like I just barely come out of this like minus seven week. Right. And I'm thinking I'm at the lowest of the low. 
I show up to group and I'm like, I mean, like Lane, I, I don't know what to, what to think. I, you know, I've had this, my own sabbatical, so to speak. Like I'd been out of the game for three months, like yeah. I trying to make life work. And it was so sad and so much pain, but I knew that if I did something good, it would get the ball rolling. Um, I got on medication for um, my, my bipolar disorder and it started to level me out. And I was like, okay, I, f- I feel okay now. I still have that big, you know, thorn in my side. And I listened to that talk, like, what if I could? And David Goggins was 300 pounds. You know, he had this goal of becoming a Navy SEAL within like 90 days. Had to lose 130 pounds just to be eligible. And like every, you know, recruiter came up to him and said, no, you cannot do this. You cannot. He said only one of them said that, you know, he actually believed that he could do it. One of them out of like the seven, eight that he met with. And what he, if I could? Yeah, what if I could? So he, he uh, one of the main admirals that he went and talked to said, you will not do this. I can guarantee you, you will not do this. David Goggins walks out to his truck and he just had this one thought. What if I could? What if I could be that guy that within 90 days changed his entire life? Lifestyle. Changes, yeah, just completely flips it. And then he says, you know what, I've done these things in the past. You know, I don't know what his cookie jar um, said. I became a general with a hypersexual mental disorder. Like, if that doesn't tell you how much effort I put into doing that, I didn't even know I had it. I just knew that I wanted to win so bad, more than what I was experiencing, Mm -hmm. that it put things at a higher level. Now, obviously, I had to go through what I had to go through to have empathy for, you know, people like Spen, people like Wes with, with their own mental health issues. And mm-hmm. I really think this is going to help me, you know, in my quest later down the road. Cause it's, it's another thing to the cookie jar where it's like, I made it through that. Yep. Like, how do you think Jesus feels every day looking at the scars on his hands and in his feet? It's like, I did this for you. And he does that for every single one of us. And that is his enabling power. And that can be our enabling power as well, right? Like, of like, this is who I am. And this is like these things that completely obliterate anything that you say to me, Satan. Dude. And still paying indifference, right? Like, yes. you can say, acknowledge that he's there and still, you know, just ignore the, just everything that he says. Dude, I love that. Because Satan will always draw memories back to say why you're crap, right? right? This is why you're crap. This is why you're crap. This is why you're crap. Cookie jar is I'm going to reach back into my cookie jar for reasons why that's not true. Right. Why I am amazing, right? And so when when you step five, baby, right? Yeah. So when you're when you're like going through any sort of experience or challenge, you can reach back and say, I won twelve weeks in a row. I became a general with a disorder yeah with a hyperactive mm-hmm. sexual disorder that I like I didn't even know was happening dude I, I remember calling people being like if I don't stay on the phone with you I'm gonna lose so I'm just gonna keep talking I, I can't fight the normal way but I'm gonna find a way dude to win so cool so, such a I cool moment Trey did you have something yeah uh, going along with what um, you guys said you're right it actually reminded me of uh, Elder uh, Elder Peter Johnson's talk when he was talking about the three D's that Satan uses against us, and he brought he shared the story of Moses when he went up to Mount Son Sinai. Son of man, right? And Worship he, uh, me. And he uh, talked to God, and then right after, right after Moses has his vision of everything that the Lord's created, and he saw he's you know Moses saw into the future and stuff. Right after that vision closed, Satan shows up immediately. Right after that vision closes, and Moses acknowledges that Satan's there, and he says, Moses, thou son of man, worship me. When immediately right before this, God says that you're my son. You are a son of God, of my only begotten, you know? And then it was, it was just amazing how immediately how Satan comes in to deceive Moses. The cheetah. And right. then yeah. Moses immediately draws from his memory what God had just told him, that he is a son of God. And then he's like, I'm not, where's your, you know, he's like, where is your glory and power that I can worship you? He's like, I physically had to change in order to be in the presence of God, but here you are you? in front of yeah. me. And I don't have, I'm not, I'm still, you know, I'm not, um, what's this, a transfigured? Yeah. yeah transfigured. I'm not, I'm not trans, I don't have to be transfigured to be in your presence. Ooh. You know, 
I've never thought about this until this time, like hearing it from you. The exact same thing happened to Joseph Smith. Yeah. Right. Right before the first vision, mm. he was he was seized He's, upon yeah. by the devil, mm-hmm. and yet then he was transformed and and Whoa. could withstand the presence of of God the Father and the Son. Hmm. It's amazing. Interessantis cosas. Yeah. yeah. There's there's been a lot that's been said. Okay, first off, you guys are bad to the bone. Yeah, and dude. Thank you for. <laughs> that's why we brought you back on. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> the finale, season finale. Yeah. Trey and Clay. <laughs> yes, Trey and Clay. But right? I I love what you guys have said about the atonement and about not just the redeeming power, which is very important, but the enabling power. Oh, and it gonna, reminds you're me. You're gonna do a poem. I'm gonna do a poem. Dude, maybe. I got a poem too, but you you first because I said one last time. Okay, I, I wrote this, I, I wrote another poem. Yes, oh, we got so poems for days you, on you the podcast. One? Dang, okay, so this is we'll have the original work after this. But I I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I know I've shared it in group. Okay, this is the ambulance down in the valley. Ooh. I love this one. John, by the way, talks about this. Yeah, one. this mm-hmm. is a poem by Joseph Malins, and. As I read this, think about the both redeeming and enabling powers of the atonement. "'Twas a dangerous cliff, as they freely confessed, though to walk near its crest was so pleasant. But over its terrible edge there had slipped a duke and full many a peasant. So the people said something would have to be done, but their projects did not at all tally. Some said, put a fence round the edge of the cliff, some an ambulance down in the valley." But the cry for the ambulance carried the day, for it spread through the neighboring city. A fence may be useful or not, it is true. But each heart became so full of pity for those who slipped over the dangerous cliff. And the dwellers in highway and alley gave pounds and gave pence, not to put up a fence, but an ambulance down in the valley. For the cliff is all right, if you're careful, they said. And if folks even slip and are dropping... It isn't the slipping that hurts them so much as the shock down below when they're stopping. (laughs) So day after day, as these mishaps occurred, quick forth would these rescuers sally to pick up the victims who fell off the cliff with their ambulance down in the valley. Then an old sage remarked, It's a marvel to me that people give far more attention to repairing results than to stopping the cause when they'd much better aim at prevention. Let us stop at its source, all this mischief, cried he. Come, neighbors and friends, let us rally. If the cliff we will fence, we might almost dispense with the ambulance down in the valley. Oh, he's a fanatic, the others rejoined. Dispense with the ambulance? Never. He'd dispense with all charities, too, if he could. No, no, we'll support them forever. Aren't we picking up folks just as fast as they fall? And shall this man dictate to us, shall he? Why should people of sense stop to put up a fence while the ambulance works in the valley? But the sensible few, who are practical too, will not bear with such nonsense much longer. They believe that, pre- that prevention is better than cure, and their party will soon be the stronger. Encourage them then with your purse, voice, and pen, and while other philanthropists dally, they will scorn all pretense and put up a stout fence on the cliff that hangs over the valley. Better guide well the young than reclaim them when old, for the voice of true wisdom is calling. To rescue the fallen is good, but tis best to prevent others from falling. Better close up the source of temptation and crime than deliver from dungeon or galley. Better put a strong fence around the top of the cliff than an ambulance down in the valley. And what I love about that is the, the Lord is, is both. He is our, our fence, that enabling power that says, hey, you know what, you can stay on the right path. But when we do slip and fall and make mistakes, he is always ready. He's always ready to be our ambulance to take us back to where we need to go. What were you, what have you got, Clay? Dude, okay. So, not to, I mean, it's not like a, because you said you love old school rap. and it's Dude, I love about, old school rap. It, it's all about rhymes. Yes. You know, for times, right? And so. Um, you got bars? Any, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Don't allow me. Dr. Trey. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is this is what I wrote. One day I was super upset and I was just done with losing. Um, and it was like the the turnaround, right? Like yeah. in, in Invictus, like when we all got together and like Lane was like, When are you gonna stop? It's like, okay, all right. So I wrote this poem uh, to to start my my winning. It says this Hello Satan. 
I see you're back again. Um, by the way, like you can still pay indifference when you acknowledge that Satan's there. Like we, we really want to hit that home. Like notice that he's there, but do not try and beat him in a, you know, in an argument. Like you're always going to lose that a thousand times. But, um, anyway, I'll, I'll just keep going off of that. So hello, Satan. I see you're back again. It's time for your daily butt whooping for messing with my wife and friends. You never seem to learn through your pathetic smoke and mirrors that I stand by Jesus Christ who erases all my fears. The Son of God, perfect in life, wrecked you day by day. Now reveals enmity is good as long as it's directed your way. The Savior braided a whip and cleansed the Father's house. Not a single merchant was left, not even a little mouse. <laughs> Jesus was no pushover. He fought for what was right. He taught us how to love and not lust. I want to be like Christ. Each day you try and mess with me with your stupid ones and twos. It gets me fired up inside because I'm cleaning house too. Warrior chems are my whip. Passion projects are my strike. You only wish you had a butt to heal so you could put that burn on ice. <laughs> I know that you're afraid of me. I know that you're afraid of me. You tried to kill me while I was young. Now it's payback, you stupid son of a gun. I'm never going to give up on those that matter most, especially all my brothers, including the Lord of hosts. I'm grateful for the brotherhood that's lifted me each day. It's changed my very being in saying sin is not okay. So as we gather all our reasons, combine them against Satan, it's made me want to join and declare, this is the real Clayton. I beat this once in my life. I have a ring to show for it. I'm coming back to lead all men and to defeat, defeat that evil culprit. One day when we're all in white and we've heard those words, well done, <clears throat> we'll get to see those we've brought toward towards God's beloved son. So do your best and fight the good fight. Stay faithful to the end. For Satan will not triumph if Jesus Christ is your friend. I'm not giving up. It's not worth it. The pain, darkness, and tears. So stand up with me, brothers, and let me hear your cheers. For in the end, we will have won if we give our very best. If we decided to follow God's own son, we will have passed this mortal test. You cannot, get, you cannot give up now. Victory is just around the bend. I promise your heart is changing. Your wounds are starting to mend. So stand up and fight like Captain Moroni of old. Declare your title of liberty and join Christ's eternal fold. Fight like you've never fought before and give it everything you've got. For Satan will not triumph when he realizes he has been spiritually shot. And that's why we fight, brothers and sisters. That's why we don't give up. Man. You know, you are right up there with Eminem himself. <laughs> Thanks, Seriously. Bro. That is wow. so dope, bro. Clayton's got bars. He's got bars, bars for, for days. days. He's got bars, Ooh. man. Um, well, I got some I got some more chems. They right do. now, dogs. They stirring. Yeah, dude. Love hey, you guys. stirring the pot. I love mm -hmm. you too, man. I can't think of a of a better way to end the season. Yeah, I think I thank you again for coming, like Wes was saying, because to be vulnerable and talk about mental health is not easy, right? right. It's not easy, but it's definitely a component of this. Um, but to end it with that type of beautiful thought towards Jesus Christ and His. First of all, his ability to be that ambulance if we need him, right? But also to enable us to not fall in, to the, not first fall in the first place and to become better and better and better as we go. And then to recognize Satan as the enemy and to take it personal and go kick his, his rear. butt that he wishes that he had. Yeah, that he w I love that, dude. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, what a great, uh, great way to end. Any parting words, Wes? keep fighting guys you you can't stop and i think one of the big things that that trey and clayton have taught us today is that the fight takes on many shapes many different colors many different personas and they're all all worth fighting and so don't ever ever stop don't ever take your foot off the gas we need you and the people in your lives need you to be actively engaged in this fight and winning is always winning. That's something that's really cool. Like the stress that we have in our life, it always changes. But winning is always still winning. Dude. Let's go. And we can win no matter what the stress, right? No matter what the attack is, we can win. That's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. We love you. Thank you for listening to another season of the Eternal Warrior Podcast. Be prepared. Coming we'll, the new year. We'll be year, back in 2020. 2020. January 2020. We'll be back. Okay, so 
Get your get your little get your get Annie, your little hearts ready. <laughs> Annie, get your gun. Annie, get your gun. <laughs> get your gun. No, can I just say something real fast? Oh, would yes. you? So, I just wanted to say to our listeners out there, and as Wes would say, listener land. Um, no, I think it's uh, you know, I this podcast is obviously helped you know a lot of people overcome their weaknesses or struggles trials and everything but i just wanted to say that we here not only here me clay wes and spence but everyone in this world is invictus and that means as wayne has on his wall here it it is unconquerable and you know i just wanted to say that we are the masters of our fate and we are the captains of our soul and we are we're gonna win this yes we are sons of god sons and daughters of god and we can do it we can do this make a choice just decide decide exactly that's all it takes is you make that decision and stick to it let's go Let's go. Let's go. We love you guys. Thank you. you.